If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. High Potion Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crothin. I'm Hollis Burkhart. And uh, we're bringing a new segment to you today. Just, that's what we're going to be doing this episode. Trying something out that Steve and I have been tossing around as an idea for something to do on the show. And that is our gaming confessions. Meaning we are going to come before each other and you guys and reveal something about ourselves. Some sort of gaming opinion that we are going to lay before you guys. Gaming p- opinion, fact, whatever it may be. Well, no, we're giving it a shot. I figured we might see how this goes and see if um, see if it's fun. I think it will be. I think so. feel good to get something off my chest. Yeah, yeah, get a little something off off our chest. If, if people dig it, this will probably be something we do once again every now and then. We cook up some new confessions or maybe new new confessions are laid before us <laughs> as we continue. Um, so before we get into that, you want to do a little Dead by Daylight story time? I like doing a, yeah. a, a periodic. Anytime we can tell a good Nick story. Oh, so uh, for the past couple of weeks, Dead by Daylight has been running their fifth anniversary event. And I got to say, it's it's pretty fun, pretty well done. One of the better you know, sort of anniversary events or, you know, special events I've participated in. Yeah, tons of extra blood points or yeah. like experience points. and Yeah, so, you know, there are anniversary items you can put on your character. There's one called an anniversary cake. And they, these anniversary cakes are about to become a main co- topic of conversation in the <laughs> next few minutes because of it. You, when you put one on your character, you get a hundred and five percent bonus to your basically your all your XP. experience points yeah. in that game. Yeah, they're, they're called blood points, mm-hmm. and they stack. Meaning, if another person brings one, you get two hundred and ten. Another person brings one, three fifteen. Another person brings one, four twenty. What's up? <laughs> and then finally, if the killer brings one, you're looking at a five hundred percent five twenty five mm-hmm. plus bonus to your blood points that's insane yes a lot you know you can vault up your 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 level uh what am i thinking blood web yes you can can max your guy out super fast this way and so um you know if i have an immaculate game i might come out of it with 27 to 8 28,000 blood points that's without using any sort of item that will give me a bonus this isn't a regular game Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if i have that same game with five people using cakes, I come out with a hundred and like sixty to hundred eighty thousand blood points. Mm-hmm. You can level up your characters so fast, unlock new perks for your characters so fast. So it's been a lot of fun. The other part of the anniversary event that they have is, are the golden crowns that you can or uh, gain for your character. So every round, a pedestal with a floating golden crown spawns on the map you or the killer can go up and take that crown and if you as a survivor escape the match you then unlock that crown as a cosmetic piece for your character it's kind of a way to show off right Mm -hmm. like i was there for that weekend or whatever yes the first weekend that they went live same thing with the killer all the killer has to do get the crown finish the match they get the crown for their their killer 
So leading into this, we're hyped. We're texting with each other being like, I want a crown, man. And I'm like, me too, buddy. We're going to work on it. And I don't know why, but in my head, I had built it up to being way harder than it turned out to be. <laughs> way harder. Yeah. So we get on the first Friday night that it's active. We get into a game. And immediately we find out it's a killer that wants to fuck around. And... um when we like, say fuck around, we mean like farm he's, points. He's not going to kick our ass no. and win. He's going to let us go repair stuff. He's going to we're going to let him hit us. Yes. Everybody's going to get points. Because of these cakes, you will occasionally run across a killer that's like, "Hey, let's all make a bunch of points." Right, right. So what they'll do is, you know, they'll let you repair generators and then to help the killer out, you go and you let them hit you once, hit you twice, drop you. And then put you, on a hook. put you on a hook, and they'll right in front of them let you unhook your friends. Everybody will be healing each other right in front of the killer. Then there's the part where you start leading the killer around the map to traps and pallets to to drop on them and stuff. It's fun, and I see the appeal. Like you're wanting all the points, right? So we get one of the ki those killers, and I find the crown, and I equip the crown, and I'm like, holy shit. I'm going to have a crown after this because he just wants to fuck around. Then the match ends and I don't have the crown. It's nowhere in my inventory. Nowhere to be found in my inventory. And I'm trying to be cool because we're on. It's me, you, Jesse, and Nick. Yep. We're playing. And I'm not trying. I'm trying not to be salty, but I'm mad. And there had been some reports of this happening. Like, yes, there were there were crowns that weren't showing up. But they had apparently fixed it at that point. Yes. So we weren't sure what was up, why you didn't yeah. end up with it. And you were, you were, I could I tell bummed. you were super bummed. I yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Haas, when he gets super bummed, he's still, he's still in, in it with everybody, but you can just tell there's like, it's really bothering him. So we try and we get into another game. In the very next game, Jesse, Jesse unlocks the crown. crown and she escapes with the crown and has it for her character. <laughs> yeah. So in the next lobby, she's like, oh, my God, look at my crown. It's so neat looking. And I'm like, it is neat looking because it, it is. Uh, and she was she's like, never... don't be mad. I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm just a little bummed. And I was trying to explain to you guys, come on. If the same thing happened to one of y'all, you'd be bummed too. Next game, Nick gets the crown and escapes. And Nick's like, oh, my God, look at this crown. <laughs> That was pretty cool. Haas just completely silent in the yep. mid game mid mid game chat. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is cool. Next game, Steve gets the crown and escapes with his character. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, this this is this is awesome. So and so I'm in a, a lobby and all three of my companions have their crowns on and equipped, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there looking like boo boo. So. And I remember saying you're going to get it this next match. You have to. Cause... And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm not. I was, I was at this point. I was real down. I was saying, no, nah, man, I just won't get one. It's cool. I just know, like, that's not how it works for me. Steve. <laughs> I'm not going to get one at all during this event. Sure enough, next round, I get my crown. I get out and I have it equipped. At this point, I've got a crown on both of my main characters. They're not that hard no, to get. We didn't realize at first that there's multiple crowns on the right. level. You know, yeah, I could have eased. I've just been playing with my main. Once I got it on her, I just haven't done it with anybody else. It's fine. I don't really mind. So I want to tell you guys a little story about our buddy Nick. Our buddy Nick is a man of many personalities. I wouldn't say it's like a John Lithgow raising Cain situation, but he's a he's a varied and complex man. I love all the personalities. There's not like it's not like he's got a real mean one. Right. But there's one that comes out that makes me giggle so much, and that's salty Nick. One of my salty, favorites also. Salty Nick is one of my favorites. So last weekend you were out of town. Uh, and so we were playing Dead by Daylight, getting our extra experience, leveling our guys up. It was me, Nick, Jeff, and Jesse. Now, the weekend before, the first weekend of the anniversary event, we came across a lot of killers that wanted to fuck around. So we were all making a lot of points. Nick was happy. He was super happy. <laughs> Last weekend was the try-hard weekend where nobody wanted... We didn't come across a single killer that fucked around. And, you know, we're using all... Like, we're going in with all these cakes and killers are killing us before we get one generator done. And Nick is progressively getting salty about it. He, like, in between games, he's going, 
I guess they're just stupid, right? Because like they see all these cakes and they know they can make a lot more points. We could all make points. <laughs> like fuck around just a little bit. And then one match comes. It's hard fought. You know what I mean? It's one of those knock down, drag out, dead by daylight matches where, you know, we get two generators, boom, boom, real quick. And then the killer is on us like stink on shit. <laughs> like, so we're scrambling, rescuing people. We get the last two generators and we're all still alive. So now we just got to open the gates. Start opening the gates. The killer shows up at the gate. Boom. He kills Nick immediately. It's the third hook. Nick is dead. So now it's just the three of us left, right? Boom. He kills Jesse. Boom. He kills me. Jeff's running around looking for the hatch. Gets out the hatch. He's the only one that survives because he gets out the hatch. And I hear... On, on the mic. Nick, I'm like, Nick can message the other players because he's on a PC. He's we, on a PC. We can on. And I go, what's up, Nick? And he goes, oh, I just, I just told that guy to eat shit. <laughs> and then he said, good game. He said, good game. And then I told him to eat shit. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, ah, I just don't get it. They don't want to fuck around. We got all these cakes. Ugh. <sighs> And then we get into the next lobby, and Nick is being quiet. I thought he went to pee. I was going to say, if I know Nick, he probably felt bad about it. So, I like, he's being so quiet. And then, <laughs> before the next game loads, I'm like, Nick, are you there, buddy? Are you okay? And he goes, yeah. I just feel bad about telling that kid to eat shit. He said good game and everything. I told him to eat shit. I feel eat bad. Shit. Like, within minutes, he felt bad. And you could hear it. And, I feel kind of bad. Don't let it get the worst of me. <laughs> it's okay. Embrace uh, the dark side. Embrace it. <clears throat> so uh, that's what's been going on in Dead by Daylight so far, or so uh, recently at least. Clowning on Nick as we do, like in a fun manner, and the anniversary event, which is over after this weekend. And I'll be honest. I'm all right with that. Yeah, it's cool. I'm ready to get back to normal Dead by Daylight. Yeah. Get, the... I got the benefit out of it. I unlocked the perks I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know. By the time you all hear this, it'll be well over. Yeah, I think this is sort of the last weekend. I think it ends next week, but this is the last full weekend. Like midweek. It. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, we also both watched the Demon Slayer movie recently. Mugen Train. Mugen Train. We both loved, loved it. it. Yeah. Man. I'm so glad... Uh, I committed and finished because I can yeah. I can get easy easily distracted watching an anime series, like something will distract me and then I won't go back and then I'll restart it and it's it's a whole thing. So I tried Demon Slayer a few months back and dug what I watched. It wasn't like I didn't watch it, but it just fell to the wayside and I didn't finish it. <clears throat> and then the movie came out and got super good reviews and it did like really well at the box office and shit. Yeah, for it was setting a, records. Yeah, for an anime movie. And Steve was mentioning, like, how it was about to come out. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get caught up in then. And so I watched the series, watched the movie, fucking loved it. It's such a good show. So good, yeah. A show so good that it can have one of the most annoying characters in an anime I've ever seen, and I still love the show. Yeah, there's some scenes in the first season that are kind of rough, but I hope moving forward I think they go from less annoying to more... It awesome. seems like it. There's a lot of awesome. There's lots to love. I'm rewatching it with my wife now because I want her to see the movie as well. So yeah. much I liked it. I think she she would like it. And she is liking it. But she hasn't met that character yet. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. That's a, <laughs> I feel like that's a big breaking point for people, including friend of the podcast, Aaron Boyd, mm-hmm. who's also way into anime. And I recommended Demon Slayer to him. And he came back after that first episode with Zenitsu, <laughs> mm. and he was like, man, are you sure about this? Hang in uh, there. Are you sure? Um, what, are, what are your feelings on that upcoming Demon Slayer game that's coming out this I'm October? I'm planning on checking it out. Um, I am too. I think it's, it's from what I understand, uh, called an arena fighter. I don't have much experience with an arena fighter. I didn't realize that fighting games were... Now, there was like an anime fighting game genre because I've also been playing Strive Guilty Gear, which mm-hmm. is awesome. We'll talk about that another time. But um, I just don't understand sometimes how the label works. Yeah, there's fighting games have 
and honestly, with any genre, there's that now there there's these weird sub genres, right? Mm-hmm. So like you know, in my mind, fighting game genres were two D fighters, three D fighters. Right, that's kind of how know? I thought of them as and well. And now, yeah, there's things like arena fighters. The only one that I've ever played that I think would be considered an arena fighter was Final Fantasy Dissidia NT, I believe what it's called. Mm-hmm. It's like on PlayStation 4 and stuff like that. And it's a Final Fantasy arena fighter with characters through the whole franchise, right? Every single game is represented, I believe. Sounds like something I'd be really into. Dude, it was like trying to figure out trigonometry. Oh my goodness. How to play this game. Just getting through the tutorials. Luckily, I bought it for super cheap on sale. Otherwise, I probably would have been pretty bummed and felt like it was a huge waste of money. (sighs) For me, personally. And it's one of those things, like, with fighting games. And I know this doesn't really count as a fighting game. Mm -hmm. But I really want to get into Fire Pro Wrestling. Mm -hmm. I think that would be... Because I'm not great at the 2k wrestling games Mm -hmm. when i play them yeah they they've kind of lost their way a little bit i think and i feel like fire pro would be really fun to get into like i know i build these things up in my mind like the (laughs) idea of you playing uh the old republic with me like me you nick and just oh my god you're far more likely to get me to play fire pro um but anyway fire pro like I imagine us making, you know, custom characters and booking events and matches and stuff and just having a lot of fun with it. Yep. I tried Fire Pro and it's complicated. Yeah, it, there's a bit there. Yeah. yeah. And like I know it's one if I could just sit down and maybe maybe have you come over and we just fuck around together, together. to yeah, figure it out. That's a good idea. Maybe that would be a thing, but that's the one I, that's a long way to get around that's the one thing that makes me a little hesitant about the demon slayer game right now there's no indication that it's going to be as complicated or weird or obtuse as that final fantasy game but that's just the only experience i have with mm-hmm. a arena fighter yeah i don't believe i have any so you know i guess we'll see i'm, I'm definitely wanting to check it out <laughs> unfortunately it comes out like the day before battlefield so that's the one I'm really looking forward yeah, to. So. That's going to be a, a time and place type thing, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it looks good. Like, is it going to blow us away? No, but it looks true to the anime. Right, yeah, you know, which looks good. could be really cool, you know? Yeah. Um, so what what other games fit in that genre? I guess some of the... Um, not Dragon Ball Z fighters. Oh, for, like, the anime yeah, fighters? Or the arena fighters. Arena fighters, I don't like, know. what is the... Zeno, uh, uh, is it Dragon Ball Z, Xenoverse or something like that? I think those are. I think that game Jump Force, Jump Force that came out is an arena fighter, which is maybe is it the same company that is making? Yeah, it might be. It might be. I don't know, (laughs) but that's like a big anime crossover game, big fighting game. So what are other? So if those, does that? (laughs) All right, hold on. Does that mean those are double subgenre games? So does is Demon is Demon Slayer going to be a anime arena fighting game? I think so. Okay. So what would be some anime fighting games? The Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear is one of Grand them. Blue Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dragon Ball Z. Just, Fighters. Just the straight up Dragon Ball yeah. Z, which apparently was very good. I never That's played. What I heard. You know, as as much as uh, I love anime, I've never watched Dragon Ball Z. I've seen some of it, but it's I am not. It's not the thing that like Will loves Dragon sure, Ball. Sure, a lot Goose of people love it. Loves Dragon Ball, but it was, I've n- seen some, but it's not my uh, you know entryway. It wasn't the thing that got me into anime. I didn't really grow up watching it in high school, so yeah. When I got into anime, it was decidedly more adult, like Akira. And- yeah. Vampire Hunter D, Fist of the North Star, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw those. I saw uh, Gundam was a big one for me. Wing. Mm-hmm. Gundam Wing was a big one. It was more of the big robot animes that got me in it first. I like there was some Macross, Macross stuff that mm-hmm. I saw. I yeah. Liked it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to check it out because I like the show so much. You me know? too. Pro- more than likely. I wish. I wish. I wish Steve. 
the anime tie-in games were a little better. Yeah, they you know what I mean. Be. Like I love Sword Art Online, and I've tried three. I, like they keep getting me. Why do they keep getting me, Steve? Well, I mean, they get us all. I've tried three different Sword Art Online Sword Art Online <laughs> games. What about the Attack on Titan game? It's okay. To me, out of the ones I've played that are tied to anime that I like, Attack on Titan's probably the best. But even it's a little janky and low budget feeling, mm-hmm. you know. And with as popular as Attack on Titan is, you're telling me you can't punt some money and make like the dream Attack on Titan game and sell a bazillion copies? If they did a high cube volleyball game. Oh my god! Oh my god! Steve would be in heaven. I take you know that how week you get off from me- work. You know how you get me to um, to play a baseball game, make an ace of—is that what it's called? Ace of <laughs> ace diamond. No diamond. Yeah. I've diamond. N- I don't ace even watch the anime, but yeah. the idea of an anime-inspired anime baseball, baseball game—I'd be all about it. Sounds like fun. <clears throat> okay, so did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Is we got another question from the wife? Oh, yeah, I do actually. Okay. Um, okay. So, so hold on. Explain. We got. It's a newer segment. Explain the segment. Yeah, she just has like kind of off the wall questions. She's not a gamer, so, but but I play video games all the time, and she's getting she's gotten more into it. Yeah, yeah, she loves Lay the Spire. Played a lot of Animal Crossing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of Animal Crossing, and um, she just has questions that come from obtuse angles sometimes that I don't see, and sometimes she just amuses herself by thinking of questions, and so I've told her if you have one, I'll that is a good one i'll ask it on the podcast so yeah um the latest one is uh fuck mary kill nintendo sony xbox or playstation xbox we'll see you next week (laughs) are you serious yeah fuck mary kill nintendo sony microsoft so basically the big cons think the big consoles the big three what's your answer so kill Nintendo because I kind of figured that. which which sucks because you know it's just the one I play the least, and then I would fuck Sony PlayStation and marry the Xbox, and I suspect that that's going to be your answer too. Yeah. Maybe with the PlayStation being killed, instead. I don't, I don't, I don't think so, Steve. Because <laughs> if I kill the PlayStation, what happens to Final Fantasy sixteen? I mean, yeah. yeah, it'd probably just come out on the Xbox, but the experiences. The Ghost I've, of Tsushima sequel. Oh, my God. The God of War sequel. It's God of War sequel. Oh, Last my Last of God. Us 3 at some point. Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. Spider-Man sequel. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Woo, this is tough. But, like, if, okay, if we kill the Nintendo... No more Zelda. Oh, no, no more, more Mario. No more Mario. No more of the sort of experimental different type of JRPGs that's square, you know, like Octopath Traveler, mm. Bravely Default 2, Monster Hunter Stories. Like It's meant to be a tough decision. I got to say, ugh, no more Animal Crossing. <laughs> no more Mario Kart. Mario Party. No more Mario Party. No more stunting on people with Monty Mole. Oh, remind me to bring one more thing up before we move on to confessions. <laughs> now that you mentioned Monty Mole. All right. Uh, I, 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 got, I'm, I, I got to follow your lead. I think it's kill Nintendo. You fuck Sony. You fuck the PlayStation. They're breaking some fancy flashy shit. <laughs> They're going to have, like, a fucking haptic butthole or something. That sex you know? scene is going to have ray tracing. Yeah. Haptic butthole, Steve. <laughs> haptic butthole. Tonight at the Nick. Haptic butthole. <laughs> and then, the the like, the Xbox is just so solid and reliable. And, like, I've had so many good memories with the Xbox. The backwards compatibility. The memories. The, the memories. The, the game pass. Always bringing new stories to the table. <laughs> You know what I mean? Fresh and interesting. Yep. Feels good in the hand. <laughs> and I love Fallout. Yeah, I think I have to follow your 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 lead and use those answers. <clears throat> okay. Before we move on, speaking of Monty Mole, Jesse and I have been playing Mario Golf Super Rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I am very disappointed to report that Monty Mole is not a playable character. Yeah. And as such, as such, <laughs> I'm not great at the game. Dang, that does suck. I mean, you need to write an email to Miyamoto, I think. If they don't put him in for, as DLC, I will feel justified in killing them in the previous segment. Because I don't know what I'm supposed to do with myself. I've been playing Yoshi. I love Yoshi. Yeah. No hate to Yoshi, but he's not my dude, Monty Mole. And you want to talk about someone who gets under the surface level competitive, but doesn't want to let it out when it comes to Mario Golf? It's my lady love that's back there playing <laughs> Dead by Daylight in our room right now. It's Jesse McGarity. She is very competitive. She gets competitive. And, buddy, the second round we played. So. We kind of just played enough holes to unlock all the different courses. Second course we're playing, we're still kind of figuring the game out. And each character has a special shot. So, for instance, Wario. His special shot, where the ball lands, it causes a storm cloud to form over that area. So when your opponent goes to swing, if they put too much power into it, they get struck by lightning. And it takes away the stroke. Brutal. Wow. Yoshi who I play, has a ability where his ball lands, it creates sort of this area of effect, and if the other player's ball is in it, it turns their ball into a Yoshi egg, which if you're trying to putt, makes it damn near impossible <laughs> to putt. Okay? That's pretty so cool. we're on a par three. I believe it's the second hole, second hole on the second course. <clears throat> Jesse's like, ooh, a par three. I bet you I can get a hole in one on this or you have the you have the ability to get a hole in one so she's like i'm gonna use my super ball and if i fuck up you're gonna be in the thunderstorm and i was like okay boom she hits makes it onto the green not super close to the hole but really good shot she could clearly make par or even birdie with a really good putt my turn i use my special shot sink the hole in one Oof. baby Oof. and turn her ball into the egg she ended up going plus two on the hole Ooh, and double bogey she was so angry and what's funny is like two holes two holes before she goes i really want to see one of us get a hole in one because i think we could do it because a couple of times we'd come close on of course the she course. She wanted she, to see herself yes. at a hole in one. Yeah. And, and like, so we're sitting there and she's like, that sucks. And I was like, I got a hole in one. And she's like, I know. And I'm happy for you. And like, that's really cool. And I was like, yeah, you're not really happy. And she's like, I am. I'm just frustrated. And, and, uh, and she was like, and I just said, it'd be cool for one of us to get the hole in one. And I go, oh, so you meant it'd be cool for you to get the hole in one. And she's like, Yeah. Yeah, I know. At least she's honest. Yeah. It's not like she gets really mad, but you could tell that one. It bothers her. It bothers her. I've definitely seen both sides. Uh, For the record, she routinely beats me in Mario Golf. She's better at Mario Golf than than I am. She's pretty good at video games. I had that one moment in that one match (laughs) that just... And hey, you got to savor those, man. They don't come around too (laughs) terribly often. All right. Is it time to... Let's confess some shit. Let's confess some shit. So, uh, you want to go first? Sure, I'll Hold go on. first. <clears throat> Welcome, my son. <laughs> I hear you have a confession for us. Marty O'Donnell's going to sue somebody. <laughs> so, I think that the Sega Dreamcast controller is the greatest controller of all time. I confess that. Okay. (laughs) Now, I don't disagree. I don't disagree because I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. The Dreamcast controller is really cool. So innovative and nobody's done it since. The VMU. So for people that don't know, the Dreamcast had... a cutout in the controller where back in the day you would have put like a rumble pack mm-hmm. or something like that. And the dreamcast, you had this small, I don't know. It's like a window 
yeah, but you had these things called a oh, VMU. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was a little thing that you plugged into the controller that worked as your memory card and also had a tiny screen on it and its own little set of controller uh, controls on it. So what you could do with the VMU, say you're playing 2K football against your buddy, instead of picking the plays on screen so they know what you're running, even though they always act like they don't, um, you could pick the plays on your controller and it would be completely secret. Mm-hmm. Some games would have little mini games that yep. it would blo- load in the VMU and you could take the VMU with you to school and play it in study hall. Don't have any experience with that shit. <laughs> uh, did it all the time. That's, to me, the cool thing about the Dreamcast controller. The coolest thing. I don't like how the cord comes out of the bottom. The bottom. Yeah, I could. I can totally see that. It's a little kind of weird. But otherwise, hand feel, like how it felt in the hands, at least from memory. Yeah, it felt fine. You know, maybe saying it's the greatest controller of all time is a bit hyperbole. But, but like, that's I, kind of the point of this right. whole thing. I just do feel like that the innovations it made were really cool. And I would love to see somebody try to recreate it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of any anything has done something simu- similar to the uh, VMU, and it's not coming to mind. Man. And you know what was cool about the Dreamcast controller? Is it's one of the few controllers that came with a system that I felt like I was all right at fighting games with. Mm-hmm. I yeah. felt like it was decent for fighting games. Whereas now, you know, I like to have a specific fighting game controller. You do as well. Um, but I felt like I was decent at fighting games with that. Man, speaking of f- fighting games, PlayStation 5, there needs to be some more peripherals released for that because there's not a lot. No. <laughs> it's Well, you know, we're still, we're not even a year into the system's life. Yeah. But I do really wish a yeah. fighting pad company would get out there. I feel like, you know, when it's going to happen... When we get the next big 2D fighting game on PlayStation 5. Right. Like, Guilty Gear is big, but it's also kind of niche. It's done pretty well. Uh, you're right. It it has 500, I think, sold 500,000 units. Yeah. Which is pretty good for a niche, that, fighting, a niche game. fighting game. Yeah, yeah. Exact, mm-hmm. exactly. You're right. It's not on the same level as, like, a Street Fighter mm-hmm. or a Tekken, you know. But if, let's say, Street Fighter 6 or the next Mortal Kombat. When those come out on next-gen consoles, I bet you that's when we start getting some more fighting game peripherals. Yeah, and um, Neversoft, is that their name? The people who make yes. Mortal Kombat? Mm-hmm. They just recently said they were done with all the DLC, DLC and, stuff. and stuff, and they're moving on to their next project. And I think some people <laughs> are disappointed, and it's like, look at the roster. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 48 people or something. That's a lot of people. Dude, Um. I can't remember if I talked about this or not, but the other day Jesse and I played Tekken Seven because we've been, you know, like we've been playing some couch co-op stuff a little more lately. That's not even co-op, couch multiplayer. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tekken Seven went on sale a few months ago. It's got a, a enhanced version for the Series X, and it like the Ultimate Edition went on sale with DLC. All the and DLC, and, and there's a lot of it. Uh, and so we load up that game. And I thought I was going to have a seizure. Like, the amount of characters that were available for me to pick. Like, it's not all Smash Brothers Ultimate level, which is like 100 plus. But it's a lot. It's a ton. It is a ton. We talk about some options and, and a roster. Yeah, it's like, you know, you really do have to kind of main somebody, you know. What to... do you think Neversoft's next game is going to be? You don't think it... You think they'll won't do Mortal Kombat for the next gen? Or you think they'll go to an Injustice or uh, new Yeah, IP? I kind of wonder if they might do Injustice 3 before the next Mortal Kombat. They put Omni-Man in that bitch. <laughs> He's not a DC <laughs> character, know. but that it's, shit would be rad. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, that is that is a series that could produce a really cool game. Mm-hmm. Is Invincible. Which, if you haven't seen on Amazon, we both, Haas and I both recommend it. That's one that I got to bug Steve about watching. You sure did. Mm-hmm. I've been bugging people about it after I saw it, too. Nice. So. Real good. H- have you heard anything back from anybody? Uh, Teresa. Oh, yeah, what did she phone, say? She loved it. Yeah, yeah. She was, she, the ending blew her mind. Oh, so brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you ready for mine? <clears throat> 
confess, my child. I say this with a heavy heart and knowing that I might tighten some bum holes, flare up some anger with saying this, but know that I say it with peace and love. There's still love in my heart for what I'm saying, for the item that I'm about to talk about, but I feel like the Nintendo 64 is a bit of an overrated system. Interesting, interesting. Say 10 Hail Miyazakis and you'll be fine. Uh, the Nintendo 64, I do feel like... The problem is, I feel like if you put the Nintendo 64 up against the system... Ooh! <laughs> little, she got a little scare out of me. If you put it up against the contemporary systems of its time, it by far has the weakest library i agree and that fucking controller is a monstrosity the controller's rough man i hate to say it the the analog stick in the middle doesn't feel right like it's nothing about that controller felt right and okay sit here and name games that you would say are very good besides like mario 64 mario 64 ocarina of time i'm not saying there aren't great amazing right those two are great okay now let's keep going because there are more right i would say the original rogue squadron game Mm -hmm. i would say episode one racer way better than it had any fucking business being wcw versus nwo the wrestling game experiences with the four ports like having the four controller ports on the front amazing really the in my mind that and mario mario kart we haven't mentioned mario kart you have to give it up to the birth of smash brothers Mm -hmm. but maybe i'm wrong because i'm not way into the smash brothers scene but i feel like smash brothers in a lot of people's minds games its true form with the next iteration on the GameCube with Melee. Right. And, and I Kart, feel that's... Kart came out on the Super Nintendo, so it wasn't, yeah. you know. And I feel like 64 Kart is the true, like, beginning. It's great. Yeah. It was it's really good. Perfect. Okay. Um, Majora's Mask. I think you count that in with Ocarina of Time. Uh, help me out here, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Help me out I, here, I, buddy. not too much more. Like, what I'll, am I going to say? Turok Dinosaur Hunter? No. I love. You, what about the Star Wars game? Well, that's what I'm saying. Rogue Squadron. No, I mean the episode uh, one race. Shadows of the Empire. Okay, this is what I'm going to say. <laughs> I think nostalgia for some of these games outweighs their actual quality, and I am guilty of this myself. From a purely subjective, just trying to be analytical, Vulcan brain about it. There's two games that I have such fond, wonderful memories with, and I'll always love these games. But they don't hold up, and they're not great games. Shadows of the Empire is one of them. GoldenEye is the Oh, other. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you're right. That does not hold up to me at yeah. all. Like, But in the moment of that game... In, in the moment of both those games, I mean, I've, I, some of the happiest I've ever yeah. been. We used to just scream at the TV playing GoldenEye with the little four boxes. You get like a tiny little quarter of the screen. Yep. <laughs> And Goldeneye, without a doubt, you know, has its place in like the pantheon of pantheon of video games. Not great. I still don't like. I wouldn't go back and play it. No, you will not have fun. You will not have fun. It's not as good as you remember it. it. That's what I'm saying. Same thing with Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire, wonky ass controls. The opening Hoth battle still solid. Still solid. Flying around in the the part was uh, fun in the snow speeder. When you are Dash Rendar walking around in third person and and fighting the controller in the controls the whole time, not as fun as you remember. Star Fox 64, I, I think is that still a really good game. Yeah. First time I ever got a rumble pack in a controller. I loved Star Fox. Yeah. What about, um, oh, there was something else. Oh, was there a Banjo-Kazooie on the yes. N64? Yes. I think the... The rare stuff. The 3D platformers that followed in the wake of Mario 64 are very good. Banjo-Kazooie, Conquer, 
I don't know if you ever played Conquer. Bad, I remember Conquer, yeah. Um, also, there was Perfect Dark, right? That was that was rare. tail end of the, the N64. And that was, you know, Perfect Dark and Goldeneye, both by Rare. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't played Perfect Dark since back in the day. I don't know how it holds up, but I imagine it probably holds up, in my opinion, as, as well as Goldeneye. Maybe a little better. I know that Goldeneye thing is... I know there were people fucking ripping pieces off of their steering wheel. <laughs> mad about that, but just trust me on this. I don't think trust so. me on this. It's, you're allowed to have that opinion of a game that's freaking 27 years 27 old. 27 years I old, think. something like that. Good lord. Um, and then you go look at the library on the Nintendo 64 and count 700 fucking driving games. Okay. <laughs> Like, they put out nothing but driving games on this fucking thing. And I don't know if it's because they were easy to do on the hardware. They were cheap to do on the hardware. If fucking Mario came out and sold a bazillion copies, so they were like, let's do driving games. I don't know why they did it, but... I don't... I was happy to be in Camp PlayStation at that point, you know? The... Felt good about that The Nintendo 64, for a lot of reasons, felt like one of my first gaming missteps missteps because i just assumed final fantasy was going to be on it right you know see that's um, where i had the benefit of not being able to afford these consoles mm-hmm. at launch so i would yeah. i would get them like a year or two later yeah so i'd kind of you could see which way the wind was blowing right. at that I point saved up and got the 64 not on launch but near pretty launch. close yeah because uh star wars didn't launch with it it came out and it was pretty close it's but pretty yeah. close within the you know, first couple of months. And I got uh, Mario 64 and Shadows of the Empire when I got it. And look, I loved playing both those games. But at the time where I was transitioning to wanting to play more story-heavy stuff, more RPGs, there were none to be had. There's a game called Quest 64 that was like this one gleaming beacon of hope for a fucking RPG on a game. And it was awful. <laughs> So I yeah I did was Killer Instinct two on the N sixty four I believe a version of that Killer Instinct two Gold or something something I something. didn't like Killer Instinct two as much as I like Killer Instinct one no. and I loved Killer Instinct I don't remember liking the Donkey Kong game you know you go from the Donkey Kong Country games which are, are a phenomenal quite honestly amazing and I then can't believe they were able to achieve that on a Super Nintendo yeah and then the ones I don't remember i don't there was not a metroid game we didn't get a metroid game until um gamecube prime metroid prime one on gamecube uh no there's a castlevania game but it's a shitty Mm, early 3d castlevania game like you know what i mean like a lot of the experiences that i enjoyed on previous nintendo consoles didn't make the transition over or if they did they were super bad early attempts at 3d versions of 2d games Mm -hmm. there's no punch out you know what i mean right and you know yeah it's a it's got good games we just discussed them but yeah i would i would take the playstation and what would have been its other contemporary the saturn the dreamcast the saturn i feel like the saturn i think you're right yeah because i feel like dreamcast was a contemporary with like the ps2 uh, you're right. GameCube, yeah, era. Mm-hmm. You're so, correct. Yeah. yeah, so it would have been the Saturn because I remember we had that okay. in the back room as well. If you gave me, if someone gave me and said, "Look, go pick out a system from this generation, the PlayStation 64, Sega Saturn, pick any system in any five games, and it's on me." I wouldn't wouldn't even consider the 64 as an option out of the two. Right. With all the games on the PlayStation. Yeah. It would either be PlayStation or I would go Saturn because it's a system I never owned. Right. And there's a lot of cool games on there that I would like excellent, to try out. Excellent stuff on the so, Saturn. So I would probably go with Saturn just because it's something I never had. Right. And there's a lot of new stuff I could play that I never played before. Do you have another one to offer up? Hmm. So... Um, let's see. I do not like the Call of Duty games post 
modern, the first modern warfare. That one's still okay in my mind, but it was kind of the end of the run for me in Call of Duty games. I completely agree. I am also not a big Call of Duty guy. And look, this is one, probably much like my previous confession, that will roughen, uh, ruffle a certain segment of feathers. Right, and I don't, I don't necessarily look down on people who play it. No, it's not you know that I mean? at all. Like, if you love Call of Duty, rock on. But like, you know, it just seems to have, have ballooned to this, like mega thing like where you basically it takes up your entire hard drive and yeah the updates are like 200 gigabytes and it's insane so it's weird there's something about modern military shooters where you're playing a like a, a a game where you're in the real world with real guns and stuff it's just something about that doesn't appeal to me like, if I'm going to play a game like that, I'm looking more in the sci-fi realm. That's probably why I like Halo as much as I do. I like Gears of War. Right. Now, the one exception to this is the Battlefield, Battlefield. games. But with that, there's so much going on in the Battlefield games. Like, the the terrain destruction, the different vehicles, the, the ways you can customize. There, there's so much. To me, there's a lot more to a Battlefield game than there, there was to a Call of Duty. Um, you know? And I may be off because I haven't really played them in a while. I want to say the last one I tried was maybe the second Black Ops. And, like, the the campaigns are fine, you know? They're not necessarily offensive or anything like that to me. I, they're fun, but I just can't get into the multiplayer anymore. So, for a while there, I definitely understood the appeal of a Call of Duty campaign. Because they're super high budget, they're, they, yeah. it's, it feels like a Michael Bay yeah, video game, or right? Something. Like the the stories are real crazy. There's always something crazy going on. There is fun to be had there. Right? Yeah. Now, I have never been into a modern Call of Duty online. Like I didn't even get into it with Modern Warfare Three. I saw a ton of my friends playing it. Like it was when Will lived here. I watched mm-hmm. a lot of Will playing Call of Duty, and it just never appealed to me. You, you know. played some World at War with Joshy. I played, I, you know, I, that that's to say, I that's not to say I never played Modern right. Warfare Three. Yeah, I picked up the sticks a couple of times and tried to do my thing and wasn't good at it. Yeah. You know, that's another thing. I'm not good at Call of Duty, and that, by the way, I think that is a perfectly acceptable reason for someone not to like a sure. game. You don't have to keep banging your dick in the door. Just no, because, if you're know. not good at a game, it's totally be like, it's totally cool to be like, yeah, I don't like it, and it's because I'm not good at it. It's okay to admit that you're not good at it, right. too. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I'm not great at Dead by Daylight, but I enjoy playing that, so I don't care. Like, yeah, it's a good there's, time whether we win or lose. It's so. a big difference <laughs> yeah. in that. Like, but I don't even know if I was kind of good at Call of Duty if it would appeal to me. Something about it just doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah, it just always and, felt a little too arcadey. So the last time I got a game in the Call of Duty franchise, I think it was Ghosts. It was whichever oh, one launched with the Xbox One. Yes. Yeah. And it was because I didn't. I wanted a first-person shooter to play Absolutely. online. The, you the know, launch release releases are always thin. So yeah. So you always might pick up a weird, yeah, a weird <laughs> title you might might not normally pick up. Right. And you know, Goose was getting it, and I was like, well, at the very least, I can play Call of Duty with Goose online. Mm-hmm. And buddy, I got into my first match of Call of Duty Ghosts is me and Goose, and Goose does not. Goose does not like to party up in a Call of Duty game. He wants to be in the lobby talking to strangers. You know, with me, my social anxiety ass and not liking the majority of online gamers a lot of time. Yeah, that just gives me anxiety. I don't like it. Just so we're hanging it. out. The first game goes all right. I don't do great. Second game goes, I don't do, right. I do great. Third game, there's a guy, and I remember his screen name to this day. Ginger Yoda, and he had numbers after it. I won't say the numbers because I'm not trying to fucking dox somebody. Yeah, <laughs> but he had like a string of like four or five numbers after. It. And this dude starts fucking going at me in the lobby and like cursing me out and shit. And I didn't do like, like he was just telling me I sucked and shit. And buddy, I started yelling back at him and getting all fucking heated. <laughs> Oh my god, that's not what I'm looking for, man. Yeah, I don't just... want to be that guy. I don't want to play against those guys. I don't want to be that guy that's like 
you, you get a halfway decent fucking move on a guy and then you're like you're trash right or that's why destiny was tough because the raids you know there's a lot of pressure to yep. five other people you know you fuck up and yeah there's just something about yeah that that doesn't appeal to me playing with you guys like i'm sure if you know we got a full call of duty group together there would be fun to be had i'm not saying there's not yeah and i'm not against they're popular games. for a reason yeah, you know i as much as i don't like it i'm also not going to be the guy who shits non-stop on other people's good time other people's good time yeah Fortnite, not my thing i right. tried it i gave it a try not my thing i'm not gonna be like fuck you for playing yeah, Fortnite. go floss dance go yeah, crazy man. yeah do, do whatever thing. you want but yeah. it's just not my thing you we know? did give nick a little bit of a hard time for playing zombies last night now there's a reason for that though we it's gave okay. our buddy nick a hard time because he's all the time talking shit about the ceo of like, Activision. I wouldn't know the name of the CEO of Activision if it wasn't for Nick. Yeah. And by the way, the CEO of Activision is a, a piece of shit. Yeah, I don't disagree with Tons him. of those guys in the industry. But he just Ugh. constantly brings them up. And then we get on last night and him and Jeff are playing Call of Duty Zombies. And he's like, hey, oh, hey, hey, I'm just saying it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun, okay? Just the zombies. I'm not trying to play with sweaties online. The zombies. That's got, fun. He's got his beer goggles on. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, Call of Duty looks pretty good. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> zombies? All right. Uh, hey, hey. Man. Yeah. I, just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Doesn't do it for so, me. But yeah, no, no offense to anybody who does. Hey, man. If you enjoy Call of Duty, please keep yeah. enjoying Call or of try Duty. Try to convince me why I should go back to it you know maybe maybe i'm missing out but i i watch people do the battle royale on line every now and again and it just looks like something i'd be terrible at yeah <laughs> yep you ready for mine mm-hmm. this is once again i'm about to speak to something i have a lot of love in my heart for that is beloved and I'm about to say something against this game specifically. That peace and love I feel to be true. And despite that, I still love this game. Okay? I want to preface this. I, I get real nervous when I'm about... <laughs> especially when you hear the hallowed name for which I'm about to speak. Oh, boy. I think the setting of Skyrim is kind of boring. Like the snowy north? It's just not varied enough for yeah, me. I could see that. I mean, the game's amazing. Nobody's going to game argue is amazing. That. I love Skyrim. I love Skyrim. I think the setting's kind of boring. Yeah, I can totally see that. You know, even compared to something like Oblivion, mm-hmm. which I think is not as good of a game as Skyrim, I think the setting in Oblivion is more interesting because you have different environments you're going to. It's not just all snowy. And I know Skyrim's not all snowy, but it's... 90 percent you know what it, i mean yeah that's what most of it is yeah and, and they were go that's what they were going for they absolutely pulled it off but yeah i can i can totally there's a lot of times it just kind of starts blending together exactly like if i'm playing a huge open world video game i like to feel like i'm travert like okay think of the difference between the opening couple of areas in The Witcher 3 and then go into Skellige mm-hmm. or Skellige or however you say it. Right. That's what I mean. I want to feel like... It, it feels like more of a journey. It makes the world feel bigger if there's different shit going on on this huge map. Yeah. The Witcher 3, to be fair, was one of the most impressive open world Maps. RPGs yeah. I've seen. Yeah. I mean, that that I know. And like I'm, I'm really hoping whenever we get Elder Scrolls Six, when I'm like retired or whatever, <laughs> yeah. if I ever get to retire, um, I hope we do get a more varied experience. I, I would imagine we will. You know, um, that one tiny little teaser shot they showed. Yeah, wasn't it like, if I'm remembering it correctly, like some green trees and mountain or city side or something. cliffs on cities on cliffs and shit. Whatever the fuck I'm trying to say, <laughs> but like. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it, unfortunately for me, goes back to a little bit of a bias. Because the first Elder Scrolls game I ever played, hardcore, was Morrowind. And Morrowind looks way different than 
any of the other ones. Yeah, Oblivion was my first one. It's got a real sort of alien feel to it because you're in a different part of the world and like there's these giant creatures that you are like your fast travel thing called silt striders and this like it's everything's giant mushrooms and almost like beehive huts and stuff. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then Oblivion is very uh, white person fantasy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is just fantasy. Text, textbook. Textbook fantasy. Mm-hmm. Skyrim is textbook fantasy with Vikings yep. in the mountains and snow, you know? So I, I think it's, I think I'm looking, my first impression of Elder Scrolls was something weird and like unlike the normal fantasy I was look, looking for or looking into or playing and stuff. And then when you get to Oblivion and Skyrim, it's much more toned down and, right, and regular, which is not a bad thing. No, what most people would think of when they think fantasy setting. Yeah, and I like I said, love Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Love it. I'm not taking away from my enjoyment of the game, but I do feel like the setting is a little boring. It's one of the greatest games of all time. I remember mm-hmm. getting my Daedric armor still. Oh, so excited. <laughs> if there's a crafting element to a game that is halfway decent and I get into, <laughs> buddy, watch out. Watch out. I'll be doing some crafting. Yeah, I got into that with The Witcher 3 real hard. Me too. Like potions and stuff. And, and like looking up on, like needing one piece of something and being like, oh yeah. I'm going to look up where I can find and just fun. one of those. And seeing that it's, oh, it's really rare and you have to go to this one specific spot in on a this cave. huge map. On a and cave. there's like a tough monster in there and, and being like, Let's get to it, boys. One it's day time. Me and Roach are on a jo- journey. So we're going to do a Witcher episode. We're going to do a Witcher, Witcher episode. Witcher 3. Episode. Yeah, this year, after the next-gen version version yeah, comes out. We'll get upgrade. playthrough going. Yeah. 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 I think that's the perfect time to do a Witcher episode. Um, oh, fuck my nuts. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> and it was right there. Was it still Skyrim? It was still Skyrim, but I don't know what it was. Hmm. Um, oh, crafting in Skyrim. There you go. So once I figured out the armor I wanted in Skyrim, and then the process of a low-level character, by the way. Dude, I was just in town at that forge and the billow and shit, crafting and crafting. Up. And, and Will is playing on his Xbox, um, and he would be like, I just got a new dragon shout, like way in the story and shit. And I'll be like, Oh, that's cool, man. Um, I'm making armor. <laughs> There's an anime that's called, uh, I'm afraid of getting hurt. So I'll just max, max out my defense or something like that. <laughs> that sounds like, Fuck sounds yeah. like you playing Skyrim. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, exactly. I was max. By the way, I did the same thing in demon souls, but it was just stats instead of crafting. Right. Like I just got them stats up so I could last a little longer. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven has an insanely simple yet addictive crafting system. <laughs> Be crafting in that game. Nice. Be crafting in that game. So yeah, we're both we can I, we both are a bit of crafters yeah. when it when it's a system in the game. Absolutely. So I think that's it. I think that's all I'm gonna offer to the confession gods this yeah, week. I think I think that was a good we had two each. Yeah, two each. We'll bring this back another time. What are you guys' gaming confessions? Let us know. Let's hear them. Highpotionpod at gmail.com. And please, you guys, don't stop listening because of my two. I feel like my two might be the most incendiary. Yeah, and if you if you disagree, tell us Politely why. let us know why. Or, or non-politely, it's fine. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> tell me to fuck off. I don't mind. <laughs> nice. Um, hey, and make sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We only need, uh, as of recording, 18 more to hit our next giveaway. Uh, you guys heard last episode. We did our first one. Red Fox M18. M18. Uh, and, um, yeah, let's do it. Oh, follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Blue Harvest Pod. Steve is at Stoned Cobra. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Have fun playing some games, you guys. Yeah, just don't play Goldeneye. <laughs> you got better things to do with your time. Trust me. Sucks. Trust your old pal, Hall. Sucks now. It doesn't suck. It just doesn't work. Ah!